Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoy of the Denver Gazette, and my good friend, Nick Ferguson. Nick, how you doing today? Well, George, uh, after last night's game, man, I'm trying to keep it together. Uh, how about you? I know you went to the game and you uh, you, you just flew in this morning. So my biggest concern is, how are you doing? Well, the Broncos suck, Nick. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm well, not here. Just going to put not- it out there like that. I'm not here to sugarcoat it. Um, the Broncos are a bad football team. And I think you and I and maybe some others have known that for a while. Uh, we just wanted to give it time, be patient, um, say, hey, they can figure it out. Uh, I am beyond that point, Nick, after that game last night. I, they had 11 days off, Nick. 11. 11, 11 days before this game. And they came off of one of the worst football games I've ever witnessed in my life. And they put together another horrible football game from an offensive perspective. I am not going to sit here and tell you that the defense is not good. The defense is good. They are they are legit. They are they are a playoff defense caliber caliber football team. Uh, but the offense is. I didn't think it could get worse than a Drew Locke and Pat Shermer uh, offense. It is it is worse. I don't know how, uh, but it is. And <laughs> wait, wait a minute, George. Last week you said that. Uh, the last week's performance against the Colts was the worst that you've ever seen. So, yeah. so this performance, Monday Night Football at SoFi Stadium, is worse than the previous week? It's it's about equal for me, man. I mean, other than than the touchdown that Dulcich had, which I know it was a great, you know, great play, whatever, but it was also just a total bust on the Chargers part. I mean, the Broncos offense, uh you, when you when you throw the ball for 15 yards in the in the second half in overtime that's pretty pathetic i mean that's 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 really that's downright bad uh and so i i just i can't sit here it, look is it a, i don't know if it's as bad it doesn't matter it's all bad nick uh it's all bad and honestly i'm at the point of and, and nick i was in there after the game i was in the locker room i was at the post game press conference usually these guys come out hack it russell wilson justin simmons usually these guys get up there and they've got some sort of spin zone. They've got some sort of, Hey, we're going to be all right. We're going to fix it. We're going to figure it out. There wasn't a whole lot of that this time. This was a pretty depressing defeat for them. Uh, And I think that it was a a culmination of everything you've seen so far. And they know people are getting frustrated. I mean, it was so bad, Nick, that Russell Wilson didn't do his Broncos country. Let's ride. And he always does that. I mean, he didn't even, he was down. And then Justin Simmons, and we'll get into him a little bit later. But like the way his tone was totally different than I've ever heard, Justin. So uh, it's just it's bad all around, Nick. Uh, Russell doesn't look good. You know, th- there's nobody, no guys are making plays on offense. They're dropping passes. 
The offensive line can't pick up simple blitzes. I, I mean, it's 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 honestly, Nick, it's pathetic. And I, I do not blame fans for being frustrated because it's it's getting tiresome to watch. Well, it, it is. But once again, it goes back to the, the, the number one issue and number one topic. When teams are not performing well based on expectations, you're looking for someone to blame. Everyone wants their pound of flesh. Broncos country wants their pound of flesh. So now it's like, well, who is the individual or individuals who deserve the blame? You, you just talked about the offensive line. And I know Russ is being, I mean, he's being drugged through the mud in, in the media. So so who do, you, who do you blame? Right? How do you look at this team and assess them and say, well, I've already heard you say that they suck. But when you look at that, I mean, who can we just blame? Can, can we point the finger at? One person? Is that Nathaniel Hackett? Is it, is, is it Russell? Is it multiple? So so when you look at this game and you were there, you were there. So how would you break that down as far as the level of responsibility and accountability and who it all falls on? Well, I don't know if it, it, de- it definitely doesn't fall on all, all on one person. You, I mean, I think we, we both know that, Nick, is that everybody has a piece in this. But I do think it's gotten to a point where it do, a lot of it does have to fall on the head coach, and I think a lot of it does have to fall on Hackett. I mean, again, they had 11 days to prepare. They put together a horrible perform, performance last Thursday, and it looked the exact same for most of the game again tonight. And I just I, I think that a lot of that has to fall on Hackett, and it just seems like Nick and and we we ask him every single week, you know, where can you improve? What if if you could fix one thing, what would it be? to fix this offense. And it, 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 it's a constant, well, we just need to stay more focused. We just need to keep staying the course, keep doing this. And it's like, man, at some point you've got to make an adjustment. And I haven't seen the Broncos make a whole lot of adjustments offensively. And maybe I'm missing them, but it seems to be the same issues every week, not being able to pick up blitzes, receivers, dropping balls, guys, not in the right spot. I mean, how many times have we seen Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson, just not on the same page. And again, maybe that's not Hackett's fault. But at some point, some of this has to go on the coaching staff. And whether that's Butch Berry, the offensive line coach, uh, you know, you, you look at Zach Azani, the wide receivers coach, who's really w- well-respected. Players love him. But, I mean, what's going on with the drops there and, and guys not being on the same page? I mean, the tight ends have no production. It, it's just – I think that at this point, Nick, you've got to start pointing the finger at, at the co- new coaching staff. And maybe, you know, things just are, are a little too much for them right now. I don't know. But – this thing is heading in, in, a, in a really bad direction very quickly. And if Russell Wilson is out for a considerable amount of time, I don't know where the wins are coming from, Nick. Like, where are they winning football games moving forward? I mean, they've got a Jets team coming in here on a short week that's four and two playing good football. Then all of a sudden, if you lose, if man, if you lose this Sunday at home, that place might riot. And then you got to turn around and you've got to go to London. I mean, guys are – and you've got Melvin Gordon pouting on the sidelines. I mean, there's there's a lot of issues going on. And I think, Nick – and correct me if I'm wrong. I know players, you know, they, they think they need to be better at times too. But I think the coaching staff is as much to blame, if not more to blame, than this debacle than anybody right now. Usually in these situations, George, that's where the rubber meets the road because they say, well, the buck stops with the coaching staff because they are the ones sitting up there putting in the hours – and creating a game plan or what we would think would be a successful game plan that should be executed by the players. I said this before, and I continue to say it. It is kind of a combination of two things. It is the players doing their job and executing 
And it's the coach's job to put the players in the right position to execute. If those players do not execute, that's on them. Case in point, you brought up Butch Berry in the offensive line and how this offensive line can't seem to pick up simple stunts and games. Okay, now you work on it as a coach. But once the players get out there on the field, that's on you. The way that it was taught to me when I played this game by coaches, like, look, if you can't count the four, you're in trouble. And, and just think about it. The offensive line, when they get out there, they practice together. I know it was loud uh, at the game. But, listen, I don't think it was as loud as it was in Seattle. And, and tell me this. When the guys line up, you can see, based on how the defensive linemen are aligned, how the linebackers are aligned, based on what they could potentially do post-snap. So what happened to the pre-snap communication? Hey, alert, 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 just in case a guy decides to, to kind of blitz. And also, if a guy is in front of you and he moves to another gap, I mean, you don't continue to chase him. What you should remember, and this is football one-on-one, George, anytime there's an under, there's an over. So anytime one guy leaves, you have to figure, guess what? Somebody's coming in that gap. So it's like, how do you miss that? And once again, how do you miss it multiple times? It's happening on the edges. It's happening in the interior. And, yes, people can say whatever they want about Russell and missing throws and wide receivers and all of that. I know this. If you don't have a clean pocket, it makes it very difficult. Case in point, the deep ball to K.J. Hamler. Russell did that with Lloyd Cushenberry in his chest and a defender in his chest. Right. And he could not step into that throw. And you heard on the broadcast, you heard both Troy Aikman and Joe, and Joe Buck mention that very thing. He could not get too much on it. That's why K.J. Hamler had to wait for the ball. When those things are happening in front of you, George, it makes it difficult to play the game as a quarterback. Once again, disclaimer, I am not making excuses for Russell Wilson. I'm just telling you what the optics are showing me every single week. Yeah, and look, I'm, I I don't think it's all on Russell. Russell's obviously going to get a lot of the blame because he is the quarterback. And again, we've talked about it on here relentlessly, Nick, that people just seem to like to pile on him recently. One, I think he's he is playing a little bit banged up. Um, I'm sure we'll find out more about his hamstring here soon. Uh, but I also think that the offensive line, if we're going to circle one issue on for the offense right now, that is the worst issue. I think it's the offensive line. I mean, they one, they can't run the ball very effectively, uh, and then they can't protect Russell Wilson. And so he, you're right. He's not having – I mean, think of the third down late in the game where they come and, and, and no one even blocks the middle linebacker on the blitz, and he's sacked immediately. I mean, he didn't even have a chance. As soon as he caught the ball, he was sacked. It's like, it's like well, what, what's he supposed to do? Uh, and so I, I just – it's not all on Russell. Russell needs to play better, of course. Everybody needs to play better, but I do think the offensive line is, is a major issue. And Nathaniel Hackett talked post game a little bit about the Broncos' offensive struggles, uh, especially on, on third down. I think they were, you know, terrible on third down last night. Um, and, and also, just, I mean, that first quarter, they looked great. It was one of the best quarters they had put together. Uh, and then it just kind of fell apart. So we have the audio here from Nathaniel Hackett. 
Uh, early, it, it seemed like we weren't doing as well. The pass game was a little bit better. Uh, started getting the run game going a little bit in the second half, but then had to convert on some third downs. Uh, I think the third down thing is uh, very frustrating also. Uh, I don't think we were very good. I haven't seen the stats yet, uh, but we definitely weren't continuing those drives, and we got to keep our defense off. I, I know time of possession, we didn't have the ball enough, and uh, we got to be better on offense. And as a coaching staff, we're going to put our head down, and, and we're going to keep working on this short week. Uh, and that was Nathaniel Hackett from Broncos.com. Uh, they were four for fourteen on third down. On third down, Nick, uh, last night four for fourteen, not very good. Um, and I believe I want to say three of those came in the first quarter. So they only converted one third down in the second half. Uh, but there's a car going. Can you guys hear that? That was loud. That was Broncos fans taking out his frustration on the road. Hopefully, that's Melvin, Gordon. That's Melvin Gordon leaving town. Um, oh, wow! Wow! Oh, woo, too soon. Too we, soon. We can dive. We can dive into that in a second, Nick. But uh, before we hit a break here, Nick, just but what what did you see? Uh, we we kind of just broke it down. But what did you see from the offense, especially on third down last night? That was frustrating. I mean, they, again. It seems like every week they talk about we can't get behind the sticks. We can't get behind the sticks. And they continually get behind the sticks. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of th third and shorts last night. No, there wasn't. And the problem is, is you always look at positive yards. And the idea is that, you know, you want to get positive yards on first and second down. When you're unable to do that, now it puts you in third and long situations. Here's one thing that I would say is a plus in the situation. Usually when we see the Broncos operate out of third down, they're operating out of third and eight, third and 15 type situations. They didn't really have a lot of those in this in this game. So to me, I just felt as though some of those third down uh, plays and possessions were possessions that they could actually pick up. But then it goes back to not using the your weapons the right way to give you kind of an idea. And I don't even know if this was a third down play. You know, I think it is. I think it was. It was, it was the ball thrown outside of Jerry Judy, and it was on, on a double move. And if you look at the, the routes, you had Corlin Sutton and you had Jerry Judy all running outside the numbers. You had uh, Greg Dulcich, who was on the right side. He was running the vertical outside the numbers. And I can't remember who was on the left side. But the whole point of it, no one attacked the middle of the field. You made it so easy for the defense to defend you because you put two receivers pretty much in the same area, even though they were not running the, the same route. But the middle of the field was open. And we saw a situation, once again, with the Broncos. It was a third and short. This time, third and one, they're passing on third and one. And I, I could I could not understand it. Um, I was sitting there with Emmanuel Sanders watching the game, and we were just kind of flabbergasted as to what was going on because it was like, wait a minute. Latavius Murray is averaging 4.8 yards a carry. You need a third and one, and you throw in a pass. And once again, it wasn't a great pass, and it wasn't a great play design. So it was just like, but what are we doing, man? What, what are we doing? Because I don't understand it. And for listen. I've been very optimistic about this team, and I'm on a short rope here, George. I am on a short rope here. I feel like Al Pacino in Godfather 3. And what I mean by that is, like, every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. And they pull me back in with, with the defense, and we'll get into that later. But it's just so frustrating to see that this team is being kept in every single game by their defense, and the offense, all we need, man, is a couple of points here and there. And they just can't not deliver. Yeah, yeah. A key, a, a couple key possessions, and and I, you were referring to one just there, Nick, that I think changed the game. The Baron Browning interception. They they get the ball to start on the Chargers' thirty yard line. You're thinking, okay, 
They put in the end zone here. They can win this football game. What do they do? They go three and out. They kick a field goal. Chargers go down. They tie the game back up at 16. Then they have three possessions, Nick. They three three possessions to try and go win the football game. All they need is points at this point, right? Like they just right. need points. Defense is going to get a stop. They go four plays, nine yards, and a punt on the first opportunity. They go three plays, nine yards on the second opportunity, and that's the third and one in overtime that you're talking about. They threw the ball. I think it was – I want to say the ball was maybe deflected or Russell was sacked. I can't remember. But it was third and one. They didn't run the ball. They passed it. They go. They have to punt. Then their last possession, three plays, three yards, and a punt. That is the sign of a bad football team, Nick. A good football team takes the Baron Browning turnover. They score a touchdown. They go on to win the game. Or a good football team or just an average football team that's competent on offense goes and scores on one of those three possessions and wins the football game. Because here's the reality. I don't think the Chargers are very good either. They didn't look any good to me last night. And and the defense played really well enough to win the game. So that's the reality. It's not like they just lost to a really good football team. You know, they didn't play the Bills last night. So I, I just that's the that's the hard part for Broncos fans to realize is like they're not just losing, they're losing to bad football teams. So uh I don't I don't know, Nick. We can we need to hit a break. Uh we have a lot more to dive into, uh, and we will as soon as we take this quick break. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, guys, we're back from that quick break. And, uh, Nick, we're a little bit fired up here, uh, having some uh, good discussion here about this Broncos team. But, Nick, uh, Nick, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about – there goes the car car again by my apartment. Uh, Melvin Gordon again. Um, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Nathaniel Hackett and – where he might be on, on the hot seat. I know we've talked about this and I kind of shrugged it off a week ago, even two weeks ago and, and said, ah, they would never do that. But Nick, looking at, looking at the way that this team's responded the last couple weeks, and then you, you hear some of the things that were said, and I want to play Justin Simmons audio here in a second after I hear your thoughts. Um, but where do you think the locker room is at with, with Hackett? Well, you know, well, for one, you know, Hack is a great guy, so they look at him in, in that capacity. Uh, I don't think anyone has given up on Hackett, the man himself, but I do feel that the players are becoming frustrated with Hackett, the head coach, and there's a difference between those two individuals. And when you when you see the head coach go to the podium every week, and it's the same thing when asked the question about the offense and how to jumpstart him, it's just like, hey, it starts with me. It's about going back to the drawing board. This is me paraphrasing and trying to focus because it comes down to uh, the play call and I got to be better. We have to be better on offense. We continue to hear that, right? And as an optimistic person, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I understand it's a new transition. But the problem is, George, we're hearing it too much, but we're not really seeing a major change. And the first half of the game, you know, Russell was 10 for 10 for 116 yards. I think in the second half, he was five for maybe 18 for maybe, I think, I don't know. Um, it might have been 62 yards, five of 18 for 62 yards. Yeah. It was like, well, what, what happened in the first half? And, and that's the thing that kind of gives you uh, a, a, a little optimism when you watch the offense move around the pass of Greg Dosage. You mentioned, hey, it was a blown coverage. Hey, you know what? You got to take advantage of that. Russell escaped the pocket. 
You know, he could have been sacked, but he still escaped the pocket and found Greg Dosage down down the sideline. And Dosage scored his first touchdown. And I know that was a guy that you were rooting for. Like, when Dosage comes back, man, things are going to be different. So when he comes touchdown, I say somewhere in Los Angeles, George Storia is smiling right now. But the outcome of the game is not something that we could smile about. And what's happening right now, you mentioned hot seat. Well, from the Broncos' standpoint, from an organization, they, they, they don't like what's going on. But I don't think they're in a position right now of thinking of firing uh, Nathaniel Hackett at this point. But if you talk to anyone in Broncos country, they're like, man, do it. Because if you look at social media, the voices have gotten louder about this offense and, more importantly, about Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, look, I mean, firing a head coach in the middle of the season, I, I just don't think is ever a very good idea because you're basically giving up on your season. And you're also I mean, that's a, not a great sign to the to the to the players. So I, I don't think that's something they would do now if they go lose these next two games and they're two and six in the bye week. Like, I don't I don't know what to expect. Um, you know, I, I don't think anybody can predict what the Broncos might do then. Maybe you make a change in who's calling the plays. Uh, maybe you, you hand it off to someone else. I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to do that, but it is interesting. And I wanted to hear you react to this audio, Nick, from, from Justin Simmons. Justin is always a guy, he's, he's usually pretty positive after games, even when they lose or, or has some sort of motivational something, right? Uh, some sort of positive spin. That was the most dejected Justin Simmons I have heard um, you know, since my time covering him. And I thought this quote that we're about to play was really telling. And I, I want to get your reaction uh, once we play here from Broncos.com. I don't know. It's, it, it starts with leadership, um, you know, from, from a defensive standpoint, offensive standpoint, special teams. Uh, sometimes obviously not going right. And, uh, you know, we need to find a way to fix it. Everyone knows the definition of insanity, and uh, you know we can't keep doing the same things week in and week out and think uh, things are going to change. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, uh, we just got to figure it out. Nick, I have my thoughts on that audio. I want to hear what were your initial thoughts because I was sitting there, and the, the question that was asked was, "Where what's gone wrong?" There were such high expectations for this team coming in this season. What has gone wrong with this football team? And that was his answer. Nick, what was your reaction to that? Well, I mean, it's kind of twofold because uh, the thing was leadership. When you think about leadership, you don't just think about on offensive defense. You think about the people leading the team. So once again, now it goes back to uh, Nathaniel Hackett. That's the first thing that people think. For me, I, I, I first go to the guys in the locker room. It, it sounded as though that Justin wasn't talking about Nathaniel Hackett per se, but he was talking about guys in the locker room. Guys, on the field, we cannot keep doing the same things over and over. He never really elaborated on who he was talking about and to point the finger. But to me, hey, he could have been talking about uh, the offense, right? Certain people on the offense. Maybe uh, he could have been talking about, you know, Russell too as well because when you talk about about leadership, doing the same thing. So I know automatically you, you want to assume that he is talking about the thing with Hackett, because that word flashes like a Krispy Kreme donut hot sign. Oh, maybe it's the thing with Hackett. He's talking about leadership. But no, that leadership still starts with the guys inside the locker room. Yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted out the quote immediately. And uh, a lot. I think a lot of people just assumed he was talking about 
Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think that's the case. I think Nathaniel Hackett is included in what he's talking about, if that makes sense. I think that's kind of what you're saying, Nick, is like, mm -hmm. I think he's talking about leadership across the board. I, I think he's talking about coaching staff. I think he's talking about the team captains. I think he's talking about Russell Wilson. Uh, I think you can tell he's, he's frustrated with the offense. I know the defensive guys likely are never going to come out and say, well, the offense needs to do their part. Uh, but you can kind of sense that from the defense, especially some of these veterans guys, right? I mean, you think about a guy like Justin Simmons, who's been around for a long time, and he's been through this, man. He has been through the ringer when it comes to this, right? Like, he's been through it when it's the, talking about the defense and and them, you know, playing well enough to win games. I mean, how many times in the last few years have they played well enough, the defense, and the offense just couldn't come up with, with, a, with the game-winning field goal, touchdown, drive, whatever it is, right? Enough points to win the game. Uh, and so I think you can just sense that frustration from Justin. And that's the other thing I want to get your thoughts on, Nick, as, as a defensive guy. Like, do you ever like I, I know some guys, they come out, they're like, well, if we don't if they score more than zero points then we didn't do our job well enough to win the game. But there's got to be a point that some of these guys are like, man, like I've been through this. Like, I'm tired of of playing my butt off just to continue to lose these games. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a terrible mentality. But like, I think frustration has to set in at some point. For these defensive guys yeah it does i mean it, it's a natural uh emotion to feel because you are a part of the team and even though you're part of the team they still divided into three three phases offense defense and special teams and you hoping that everyone toes their fair share of the weight and do the job obviously at this point in the season uh the offense hasn't really come to the party right and you know what it was like Having a party, George, and telling everyone, okay, it's a potluck and bring something. And you got that one guy saying, yeah, I'm going to bring cups and ice. It's like, who's bringing cups and ice? That's kind of the metaphor for the Broncos offense right now. They are the group that's bringing the cups and the ice, and they're not really carrying their fair share of the load. So you're darn right. You know, those guys in that on that defense, uh, they're frustrated. They're not going to come out publicly and say anything, but in private, yeah. I mean, they're having that discussion with one another. They're having that discussion with their wives uh, and their friends because, yeah, it is frustrating when you go out and you are doing everything you can defensively to sacrifice your body to make things happen and giving the ball back to the offense on the 30-yard line and then having to watch the offense kick a field goal. Yeah, there's points on the board, but you and I both know you can't win too many games in the NFL kicking freaking field goals. So, yeah, you darn right. Those defensive guys are frustrated. And have I been in situations with teams I've been on and been frustrated? Absolutely. And, and then, full disclosure, have I been at the point where I wanted to go at someone? Yes. But here's the thing. I never did it. I, I wanted to do it because I was full of emotions and I and, and just that desire to win was so overwhelming. But But you just don't do it that way because guess what, George? No one wins in that situation. The only person that wins is the media because now they can go, ooh, yeah, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Like, you know, like, hey, the team is, divide, is, is divided. We have helped divide, divide them, and now we're going to carry forward and say, hey, here's a toxic environment that's been created, and you cannot give that to those in the media. You just cannot give that to them. So, Nick, let me ask you this. I, I, I want to put you in that locker room. What's the mood today and how do you how do you move forward as as a team? How do you say how do you rally the guys? If, if you're Justin Simmons today or, or I, I guess they're off today, but tomorrow, whatever, 
this week before the Jets. How do you get back on track? Or is it, I mean, I don't think this is the case, but is it, is it lost? Is it like, you know, we're just going to keep doing the same old stuff? I mean, what, what would you be doing in that locker room as a, as a captain, as a leader on this team? What would you be doing to try and fix this? Well, I'll get in contact with all my guys and, and first and foremost, thank them for their efforts during the week, putting in the sacrifice, guys out there playing, you know, hurt and, and banged up. And I would just tell them, hey, look, man, we know our offense is struggling. We, we know what the situation is. And it's on us to kind of keep everything going. And even if that means that we, we have to score on defense, which is really hard to do, but now if you have to turn into kind of a, a turnover a factor from a defensive standpoint, then that's what you, you must do. But right now at this point, it is calling, making sure your guys understand, look, the pieces are falling apart, but it's up to us to continue to keep things together. We have to be the glue for the team because it's obvious right now, both locally and nationally, that the defense is the strongest part of this team. And we can't allow anyone to divide us. And what I would do, George, I would have the airing of grievances, right? Let guys display their level of frustration in the closed environment and tell them, look, what happens in this room stays in this room. And anyone that violates this room, now you're not in the circle anymore. And we're going to try to get you up out of here. But let those guys, you know, talk about their frustration because here's what I know from a player, from, from being being a player. When you have that pinned up anger and aggression and with today's social media, it, it's never going to go right. It's never going to go right, George. So you got to get that negative energy up off of you so now you can move past this game and move along because just think about it. This is two primetime games. Thursday night, you can call it primetime if you want to, but it's Monday night. But you lose in back-to-back weeks in overtime. And the defense played well enough for you to win the game. So there is frustration, but get those guys in the room and let them kind of get that negative energy off of them and then move on. What what would you – I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot again here, Nick. Switching from player to coach. If you're Nathaniel Hackett and you think that maybe you're losing a bit of the locker room, what's your message to the team right now to keep them on track? And do you maybe change up what you're doing? I mean, we – we all know Hackett was is known for this big personality, lovable guy. You know, the players talk about how much they love his energy. It seems like things might be turning in a different direction now. Maybe guys are starting to lose a little bit of faith in him. What would you do as as the head coach to try and get guys on the right place? Well, Nathaniel Hackett is a Star Wars fan like I am. So I'm going to put it in the only way that, that I could actually do it if I was Nathaniel Hackett. There's a scene in Revenge of the Sith where Obi-Wan is talking to Anakin Skywalker. And this is kind of like the climactic part of the movie. And Obi-Wan tells uh, Anakin, yes, I have failed you. I have failed you. Be honest with your team. Tell them, right? Hey, I failed you in this particular way. Here's what I've done wrong, but here's what I'm going to do to change it. And once again, have those players in the room. When we have the airing of grievances, I say the defense would have this separate one, but you get the whole team in the room. Let players stand up and say, hey, listen, this is what I feel that's wrong. But also when you do it, have the players talk about what they need to do 
to improve the team. But I will, if I was, if I were Nathaniel Hackett, I would say, yes, I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you. That would make uh, Russell Wilson Anakin. So <laughs> you were the chosen one. You were the chosen one, Anakin. Yes. <laughs> Let's ride. Um, uh, that's good. I like. I mean, look. I I think there. I think it's a good. Uh, it's a good point. I think he needs to. And I'm sure he has. I mean, he got up there yesterday on the podium, and basically said, "Hey, starts with me. Uh, you know, I I haven't done the best job that I needed to do, and that's the first step, right? Like you've got to admit." That you haven't you haven't lived up to what you were supposed to be, uh, and but the, the issue though, Nick, is th- there's got to start being some an Im- improvement because I feel like we get on here for the last I mean really every week even when they've won we get on here and it's the same thing like man like they're still struggling at this they're still struggling at this and there's no improvement week to week and so at some point Hackett can say hey I'm not doing a good enough job every single week and that's great that's good that he admits that it's it's honest. But at some point, you got to fix it uh, or else you're not going to have a job at the end of the year, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how they play it out. It's going to be interesting to see how the locker room plays out. Uh, You know, Russell got up there and said yesterday, hey, there's no division in the locker room. I believe him. I don't think there is, but I do think there is some frustration from the defensive side of the football. Now, that's not saying that they are like – they hate like Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson. I think they're just like, hey, like get it together. Like let's go win some football games, right? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure there, there's a lot of player meetings going on behind closed doors and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to hear from some of these guys this week. But, Nick, let's take a quick break, and then let's dive into the uh, Melvin Gordon drama because uh, that, that is that, – I mean, that's that's on a long list of stuff, but it needs to be talked about, right? So uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get back. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. And Nick, uh, you know, it was funny, Nick, last night in the press box after the game, I was going through, I was writing down everything that I wanted to to touch on in in this podcast and, and stories and stuff. And it was like the fifth thing on my list was Melvin Gordon. And it seems like any other night that would have been a massive story, right? And it, it, it is. Uh, but there was just so much that was was going wrong for the Broncos last night that Melvin Gordon was sort of an afterthought. Yeah. I was like, well, well, you know, what are we doing here? Um, you know, is this high school football? That was kind of my reaction to this whole this whole thing. So, uh, you know, well, I guess just what was your reaction to Melvin? I mean, I the thing is, is also I wasn't watching the TV. I was at the game. So I couldn't, you know, I, I saw that they were panning to him a lot on the sideline and him kind of just like shaking his head or rolling his eyes. Just, it wasn't a whole lot of great mannerisms on the sideline. And it was very clear that he had gotten benched. Um, so what was your reaction to one, him being benched and to his reaction on the sideline? Well, for one, I, I was really shocked that, uh, that, that he was benched. I thought he would get more carries than he did. Uh, three carries, eight yards and his longest run was uh, for four yards. I thought that they would just kind of work them interchangeably to be complementary pieces to one another. But then, obviously, you started to see that, hey, Latavius Murray was getting the bulk of the carries. Uh, He's a big back. He's a big downhill running back. And he continued to fall forward. So at that point, you know, I'm sure they, they, they had those discussions before they even went in the game. This wasn't one of those things that they decided when the game went on. No, no. This was decided during the week. And Melvin, when he was asked, Hey, you know, are you banged up? Are you nicked up? Was there a reason why you couldn't go in the game? 
he said no. And then when Coach Hackett was even asked, you know, hey, was anything wrong with Melvin? He said, well, not to my knowledge. Of course, not to your knowledge, because this was kind of an idea moving into the game that Latavius Murray would have as many carries. But here's what I thought. And, 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 I, and listen, I know uh, television networks have to do what they do, but I just thought it was uh, wrong for them to constantly show Melvin on the sideline. You, you do it once, you do it twice, but I don't need it like a third and a fourth and a fifth time showing him on the sideline. And most people say that he was pouting. You, you know what? You're done right. You, you'll be upset too when, once again, you've been a star in this league. Obviously, you had some fumbles, some things that you can correct, but then they don't really tell you anything. They just make that move and you stand out on the sideline. George, the reason I know, because I've been there myself. When they make a move, they don't even tell you. They've already decided. But now you have to sit there and you have to go through it and you have to keep, you know, that professional face, right? Anytime you hear a team say, well, that player is being professional. That means that guy's being screwed, but he is taking it like a champ. Melvin Gordon could have done a better job, but your emotions take over, George. You know, and the emotions took over during that time. And you could tell he was visibly uh, frustrated. But right now the Broncos have another bell cow or lead back, and that's Latavius Murray. And unfortunately, this could be the end of days for Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I'm going to jump into that real quickly. But, Nick, we do have some uh, brief breaking news here on Russell Wilson. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, Russell Wilson is considered day-to-day. It's a real injury, and he's in real pain, but he's pushing to play. The Broncos will continue to evaluate his progress on a short week. So um, – I guess that's that's good news. Like when I first heard that it was a hamstring, it was like he's going to be out several weeks. Maybe he still could be out several weeks. Uh, maybe he doesn't play this Sunday, but um, I guess that's somewhat good news. Um, but I, I want to jump into more Melvin Gordon stuff. We've, we've talked enough about Russell Wilson, but I just wanted to add that in there. Well, 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 real quickly, uh, just kind of coming on that piece of news. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to bring it up again. He's got a hamstring injury. The offensive line hasn't shown that they can protect him. Once again, is it time to consider that idea of shutting Russell down for the remainder of the season? It sounds crazy, but I mean, you tell me really quickly. I would shut him down this week. Um, I'm not playing him on Sunday. That's for sure. Uh, I just, I, it, it's not worth the risk, Nick. Like, I don't understand this. Like, they're sitting at two and four, man. Like, the reality is. I'm not saying – the season's not over. Obviously, you can go on a run and, and make some plays and, and do that. But they've got some serious issues when it comes to the offensive line, the injuries that they've had uh, up front. Like, I, I just don't see how you continue to protect him. And he was running for his life half the time last night. And and when he wasn't running for his life, he was on the ground because he was getting sacked. So, like, I, I don't understand the idea of, of play, playing this guy that you're paying a quarter billion dollars uh, for him to just go get hurt even more, like he's clearly banged up the shoulder. Like I, again, I wasn't I I wasn't watching the TV, but it looked like they were doing something to his shoulder every single time he came out. I don't know if that was a heating pad or ice. I don't know what it was, but clearly he's not 100 percent there. And now you add a hamstring, which Nick hamstrings a, a serious injury. I mean, you, you're I mean, and I think it it played a part in them unable to move the ball there in the fourth quarter in overtime. Is like he was he was not able to to move very well, uh, and so. I just – it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to play him. At well, least this I, week, this week. Well, listen, man, I, I'm I'm totally with you. Uh, it, it really hamstrings you, no pun intended, when you have a quarterback who's laboring and his offensive line can't protect him. And I can tell you right now, 
Quentin Williams is a beast for the Jets. You don't want to put Russell under that type of duress where now he gets injured for the season. So, you know, maybe you don't shut him down for the remaining of the season. Maybe shut him down and bring him back for that uh, game against Jacksonville. But those soft tissue injuries have a tendency to linger. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. It's all bad for the Broncos right now, um, unfortunately. But uh, I did want to comment quickly on, on Melvin. Um, you look, I, I'm caught in, a, in an interesting spot here because, like, I, I, I like Melvin a lot. Uh, I, I think that I was surprised too that they benched him. I thought he was playing well, and, and again, I get it. He's a liability when it comes to, to fumbling and and all of that. And maybe there's just some trust issues there. I think there's more to this story, Nick. Uh, I think there's maybe, and, and this is just me speculating, but I think that maybe there's some sort of division right now between him and, and Hackett or the coaching staff or something. Uh, because, like you said, that decision wasn't just made last night. Like that was a decision. That that was you know made during the week probably uh, and and when they signed Latavius Murray I think they had every intention of him being their guy moving forward right. uh, and so I, I think that at this point Nick I mean we could sit here and talk about should he be pouting should he not be pouting should he have said some of the things that he said to the media afterwards uh, which I don't know if you read that off but him talking about you know he he wasn't hurt he felt he it said it sucked because they you know. The Chargers fans were doing the stuff on the big screen, you know, calling him a clown and all of that. And, you know, I, I think he said something about like he was kind of clueless, I think is what he said about mm -hmm. what happened. Um, you know, we can talk about all that. But I think, Nick, it's reached a point with Melvin that it's maybe in the best interest of the team and also in Melvin to be somewhere else. Uh, and I don't know. I know everybody floated around the Cam Akers. Maybe you do that straight up. I don't know. But there's clearly some sort of division between him and the coaching staff. Uh, and I, I don't know if there's that sort of division with him in the locker room. Him and Jerry Judy were having an interesting conversation during the game. They showed on TV. Uh, but it just seems like this is a, you know, a locker room issue waiting to happen. And I think that they need to kind of either clean it up, clear it up, which I think they will today maybe at a press conference. But – uh, I think it might also just be safe to just move on. Well, I, I think it's safe to say that, you know, once again, the days of Melvin Gordon are drawing closer to coming to an end. And with Coach Hackett being asked, was something wrong with Melvin? And he's saying, not to my knowledge. To me, as a coach, you get an injury report. You know which guys that you're going into the game who's going to be healthy. And if there was any doubt that, that Melvin wasn't going to be there due to health, or whatever, it would have reflected in how the, the team operated. So that tells me that th this was already a move they had thought about before. It was just a matter of making it making it happen. Even Boone got some carries, but he didn't get as many. I think he only had like two carries. But now the idea is that you got you have Latari Latavius Murray. Let's give him the ball and let's see, you know, what, what definitely happens. But I understand Melvin being frustrated. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in that conversation between him and Jerry Judy to understand exactly what J Jerry Judy was trying to communicate to him. But that scene just shows you where the level of frustration is on the offensive side of the ball. But it also displays, George, the level of frustration that Broncos country has with the offense not being able to move the ball consistently. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all bad, Nick. Um, it's all bad. I, I think him and Jerry, that conversation encapsulates kind of the entire offense's emotions, right? 
Uh, it was very clear Jerry was met, was was pretty upset, and obviously Melvin uh, was not happy about not being on the field. I, I thought Latavius Murray played well, 15 attempts, 66 yards. Um, you know, was manageable. I mean, it wasn't like he he blew you away with the speed or anything like that. But also, I mean, the offensive line, I I just don't think they're very good. Uh, so like, how can you really tell? Um, but it, it's again, the the locker room dynamic right now, Nick, is something that I don't think we've seen before with, with this Broncos team, at least in recent history. Like, I, I just think that there's some division there. Uh, and I don't know what, how, how serious it is. Um, and maybe I'm just making that up, but it just seems when you see those shots on the sideline of, of guys getting frustrated, you hear Justin come up and, and talk about leadership uh, in the locker room, those sorts of things, those all to me are, are sort of red flags of, Hey, this locker room might be divided. And I think you're right, Nick, they need to have some sort of conversation this week among the players, maybe a players only meeting type situation. I don't I know Russell kind of does that thing that he calls uh what is it? The state of the union, right? On Tuesdays, I think uh, is, is what he calls it where he brings the players in and they watch the game back or whatever. It needs to be something. I don't know if they need to be watching film. I, I would maybe burn that film uh, and just talk about the issues that, that they've got going on. But I, I just, I don't know, Nick. I'm starting to worry about this locker room. The more I think about it, the more I, 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 I sit back and take a step back about it, it just seems like there might be some issues in that locker room. And, and I think Melvin right now is, is obviously uh, pretty frustrated. I'm not saying he's the issue. I think there's probably several guys that are frustrated with what's going on. Uh, but it was very clear last night that he, he was pretty upset. No, see, George, this is not one of those games where you burn the tape. Like, if you go on back looking at the Raiders game, maybe you say you burned the tape in that game based on how many yards you gave up to Josh Jacobs. But, no, this is a game that you sit in the room as a unit, as a group, right? We're not going to have individual meetings. We're going to sit in the room as a group, and we're going to go through every single play, and we're going to ask questions as to what's this, what's that, right? And that's the only way, it, well, in my in my past, to really hash out and handle a, a lot of this. You, you have to have the airing of the grievances because the coaches have their frustration. The players have their frustration too as well. And what doesn't work is when everyone is left to their own devices and going their separate ways to deal with that level of frustration. No, this is a team. Regardless of what people think of Hackett, the team itself, Russell Wilson, they have to stay together as a team. And sometimes you have to get in there and air your dirty laundry in front of everyone in order to move forward. You know, failure to do that, you're only complicating things more because things are only going to get more difficult from here on out, George. And all you're doing is stackpiling that garbage. And then at some point, once again, maybe one, maybe two players, there's going to be an outburst really quickly. I'll take you back to Vic Fangio days, right? There are a lot. There were a lot of guys on defense that were not happy with what was going on. Do you remember Shelby Harris and his his altercation on the sideline? I mean, yep. that, that is something that you don't want to see. But that is where this team is heading if they don't get the negative energy off of them. Yeah, I mean, it, look, the the locker room uh, is going to be tested these next few weeks, right? Uh, especially if they don't get things turned around. I mean, and, and, and to get things turned around, I think they have to stick together, right? Uh, the defense can't be like, well, if the offense is going to play bad, then who cares? We're not going to go out there and play our best. They, they've got to continue to play at a high level. And I think they will. I mean, you've got a lot of guys that, you know, you're not just playing for 
uh, obviously you're playing for the Broncos, but you're also playing for your next paycheck, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Bradley Chubb, he's in a contract year. I mean, he's going to continue to play on an elite level because he wants to get his next check. Um, you know, Baron Browning, uh, he's not in a contract year, but he knows if he puts together a great season, he can be a guy that gets a big contract extension. So I don't think you're going to see guys slacking off, but th that's what needs to happen, right? The defense needs to keep playing at an elite level. They need to stick together, um, keep doing their thing. And then the offense, they need a, like a, an intervention or something. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, a come to Jesus meeting, I, I you know, go business, man. yeah, go camping or something. Or, no, 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 no camping. You get everyone in the room and you tell them about themselves. Even if that means that, Players now have to tell coaches about themselves. But you air this out. You get this off of you because if you don't, if you don't, someone's going to spontaneously combust. And when they do, they're going to say something that they can't take back. And like my parents told me, the things you can't take back, word said and deeds done. So get in the room and get this stuff out there. I think the mountains is a great spot to do that, Nick. Go up the to the mountains. mountains. The mountains. Go up to the mountains and just let it out, man. Just go out there and scream. What? And I don't know, Nick. I'm just trying to come up with ideas. Okay, I'm trying to. I'm trying to fix the Broncos. I I, I gave them, I gave them Greg Dulcich. I said, here's your savior. He's gonna he's gonna fix it all. What's he do? He goes out there, plays great, scores a touchdown. Everything's right. Then all of a sudden he disappears. So you know, I don't know, but you know, here's here's the next solution. Go up in the mountains. Let it all out, airing your grievances, whatever it is, cook some s'mores, bond around a fire. I don't know. But they, they need to do something uh, because it, it's just not going in the right direction. And, again, it just baffles me that it, there's just no no to little improvement every single week. Um, and and that's, that's concerning. So, um, well, we have a lot more to dive into this week, Nick. Um, you know, I want to dive into more of the defense, the positive. We can get to some of that later this week. I mean, some guys really played good football on Monday night. And, and it's a shame that, uh, that their, their efforts went to waste again, but um, that's it, Nick. That's all I've got. Do you have any, any final, you know, thoughts, uh, any rants left in you about, about this football team? Yeah. I mean, uh, forget your kumbaya moment talking about <laughs> s'mores and sitting around the campfire and going to the uh, mountains to kind of air the grievance. No, you go over to UC health training facility. Everyone goes in the meeting and everyone has their moment. If you, if you have something to say, stand up. If you have a statement counter to what that person is saying, stand up. No fisticuffs, but we're going to get this out. We're going to get this out in the air. And, hey, if you want to bring in George Payton so he can now point the finger and start talking about people, hey, fine. Get it all out there so now the team can move on. But viewing your kumbaya moment, no. Can't that. You, oh, let me ask you this before we get out of here. Did you did you ever have one of those meetings? One of those players only, everybody gets up, everybody says something type meeting? Yeah, we had a players only meeting. But let me tell you, man, those play, players only meeting, I don't like those. I like the ones where you get in there with Mike Shanahan and he starts calling people out. Now, it's one of the most nerve-wracking type things that you've ever been around, but it's been really productive. Now, the worst ones was with Bill Parcells and allowing him to do it. Now, that one right there, yeah, I, I was sweating bullets on that one, and I didn't even do anything wrong. Could you see? I I, I keep extending this podcast here. Our producer is gonna <laughs> is gonna kill us for this. But uh, did you do do you see Nathaniel Hackett ever doing something like that? I mean, Mike Shanahan strikes me as yeah, he he's not afraid to call anybody out. Do you think Nathaniel Hackett could be someone that does that? I don't know, man. I don't know, but that's what they need to do. In yep. my opinion, that's what they need to do. Yeah, I I don't know if I see it. Uh, 
you know, again, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't know if he can he can do that. And of course, Mike Shanahan, Mike Shanahan's one of one, right? Um, you know, he should be a Hall of Famer. So uh, I don't know, Nick, but we'll, we'll dive into more of it. We'll break it down. I'm sure we'll calm down a little bit too. Um, come back to our senses here in a couple of days. Um, but uh, thanks everybody. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, the, subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, your dad, your friends, uh, your family, whoever. Um, and we'll see you guys again later this week.